Hello and welcome back to Beyond the Barbell with me, Manuela and Michael from Common. How are you, Michael? I'm fantastic. How are you? Really good, really chill. You seem so it. chill right now. I love it. It's feeding into my energy too, which is really nice. Today I was thinking about talking about a topic that I guess everybody can relate to. And right now is the best time to talk about this, which is food. Um, I love food so much. Oh, same. But you know what struck me to this topic today the most is that yesterday I was having a conversation with a client and he was mentioning about his children. They're only like two and five years old, but they're in so many after school clubs already doing sports or doing like one does rugby, the other one does swimming, and then you got to take them to football. And he does rugby coaching for kids outside of that as well. And he said, you know, it's funny that because I don't remember when when I was a child and when we were children, we didn't have to encourage kids to be so active all the time. There was no such thing as having all these after school clubs to go to and et cetera. And I said, yeah, but at the same time, we were just genuinely more active. We were out on the streets playing with other kids or we were, you know, in school more active in general. And I guess now is the sedentary lifestyle that we have as adults end up rubbing off on children. And so the earlier you start implementing sports into children's lives, then the better their future will be in terms of being active, being healthy and having an active lifestyle in general. Yeah, it's, I, I don't have kids, right? So I, I sometimes forget that kids aren't as active as they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure now with like all the technology and the computers and the iPads and whatever's going on in the gaming, like that's a, probably a big concern for a lot of people. But yeah. I think, I, I think you, you said it well that it, if you're sedentary as an adult and you have kids, it'll rub off on your kids because your kids are going to mimic what you do, right? So if you sit on the couch at 6 p.m. in the evening after dinner and you watch Netflix all the time you go to bed, well, I'm sure your kids are probably going to do the same or, you know, like mimic that to some degree. Exactly. If you have like lazy weekends, lazy Saturday, lazy Sunday, not doing anything, then they will grow up seeing that and they'll probably replicate that into their own lives rather than, you know, the families that go for walks, hikes together, cycling. Cycling as a family, I guess, is always good as well. Mm. And the same goes for food, since we're in the topic of food. It's like if your children don't eat well or they don't like eating well or they don't like vegetables and everything and you want to implement that into their lives then you should start eating better so they'll see that and they don't know any better they don't buy their own food you know you're the one buying food for them so of course sometimes you got to make it a little bit more fancy you know making a nice shape fun shape or whatever but the earlier you introduce a variety of foods that are you know, less process, the better it will be for them. Of course. So, uh, so I have a real example of this. Uh, my little nephew who is, he's going to turn a year old at the end of November. Mm-hmm. And so like he's eating table food now. And my sister will pretty much prepare every single food imaginable for him. That way he get, he gains a palate for it. So like any type of vegetable, any type of fruit. And like, he loves it. Right. Mm-hmm. And at what point, 
do we as humans or as, as, as infants, do we grow out of that? Is it because we grow out of it because our tastes change or because our parents start to give us different foods that, that like, so like, if you think of every child that goes to a restaurant, it's always like chicken fingers and fries, right? Yeah. It's always like that typical, whatever. Well, are they eating that because that's what you gave them in the beginning? Or did you give them a palette of like, you know, strawberries, raspberries, yeah. carrots, broccoli, like, you know, maybe like you need to just give their palate a chance to adapt because they're, 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 they're brand new, right? Like they, they have no perceived uh, pre preconceived notions of what food really is for them. Yeah. And adapt to more like natural flavors or, you know, food in their most quote unquote raw form, because of course the, our palate is ever changing and you might not have liked something two years ago and now you try it again and you give it another go and you like it. So it's not the matter of like, oh, I gave my child once broccoli and they didn't like they gagged so they don't like that and then so never again they try to introduce broccoli to that child's life but maybe if you try a couple of years later or maybe if you try in another way maybe if you try with rice or with another mixture of, of flavors they will enjoy that because you know for them it's not only the flavor but the texture everything is new it's it's actually mesmerizing to see a child discovering like the te different texture different tastes different the, mm. the thing the way that things look and I think I've mentioned this on here before but if not I'm just gonna tell it again um so when I was uh teaching kids I remember it, it we had like a cooking day uh, at school in this English school and it was a cooking class and we were making uh, cookies. And so this child, this five-year-old, takes the flower, throws the flower up in the air. And for me, I'm like, mess. I'm thinking, oh, my God, this kid is making a mess. And if you're so quick to tell that kid off for making a mess, you lose the opportunity to see that that child is just taking it on their hand, seeing, oh, this feels nice. What happens if I do this and throws it up in the air oh my god this looks so nice you know in their head it's not like oh the floor is clean must keep floor clean it's more yep. like let me see what this does so sometimes exploring with children and with food is is so important because all these behaviors will create memories that will be positive as they grow up because all food is related to memories and related to we make emotional connection with food right so if you make that something positive from a young age they're more likely to grow up healthy and want to explore more flavors more you know less that's a really yeah i like that a lot because how many how many parents without really knowing maybe in in my generation maybe not so much in the like maybe the modern parent is a little bit more sensitive to it but like back in the day like when you know like let's say somebody would eat you know cookies or whatever and so instead of saying you know instead of saying it in a more positive way they'd be like don't eat that you're gonna get fat or don't eat that it's got a lot of right so how much did that impact adults today now that have eating disorders because of their childhood and they weren't mm -hmm positively impacted with their food now i'm not saying that that the parents were bad it's just that that's just how it was back in the 90s like when i grew up in the 90s we were just eating a bunch of bullshit like uh, twinkies and 
and like all kinds of like sugary treats because we didn't really know any better. It seemed like back then in the nineties, nobody really gave a crap about health as, is, as it is today. Yes, that is so true. That's such an important point. There was no, not much thought about that. For example, if you think about the, there's a lot of phrases like that. that I remember my mom telling me that today I think about it and I'm like, that's problematic to a certain point where she used to say, if you don't eat, I, I guess everybody's heard, heard this before, or most people have at least. If you don't eat everything, you're not going to get dessert. So, and for a child, the dessert is like, oh my God, that's the reward, right? That's the, wow. So I got to, even if I'm past, past the point where I'm hungry, so I'm no longer hungry, I'm satiated, I don't want any more food, but this thing that is now being put on a pedestal as a dessert as something sweet is going to make me feel good so I better shove this food in my mouth so I can have the thing that I like the most after so a few things that that brings first of all it disconnect us with uh the awareness of being hungry being satiated being thirsty as children for example right or babies toddlers they know when they're hungry. They let you know when they're hungry. They're crying. They're asking for food. When they don't want any more, they stop, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're they are satiated, unless they're sick or or whatever. Well, my um, but my 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 nephew literally spits it out. And so if my sister feeds him and he's full, right. he'll just spit it out and then he'll go. Mm. Yeah, and he's done. That's what I mean. And we accept that, right? Because we're like, yeah, he he doesn't want anymore. He's had enough. And then the more that we grow up, we start learning these behaviors that stay engraved in us, you know. Um, and depending on your background, sometimes if you come from a poor background, maybe you didn't yeah. have as much food available, you might have the tendency to to have some compulsive or binge eating disorders or disordered eating when you grow up. All these things, our environment in general, play a huge role in the way that we see, we perceive and eat food when we grow up as well. Now, I have a question for you because this is a, it just popped into my brain as we were talking about this because you said about how, um, you know, if you live in a poor area, you might binge or you might whatever. Now we classify that in modern day psychology as that's a binge eating disorder. Mm -hmm. But now if you look at it from like a survival mechanism, let's say you were an early human who uh, didn't know when your last meal was going to be. So when you had food available, you would, you'd you'd probably binge on it. You'd probably eat a lot. Right. Now, Was that binging and an eating disorder back then, or was it a survival mechanism? I so, are are we exhibiting survival mechanistic psychology right now? Behaviors, partially or is it- yes, partially yes, but I think more than that is the psychological pathway that our brain makes. So, the connections that it makes with one thing and the other. You see, so hunger, scarcity, and everything connects to bad you know, feel bad, bad mood or bad, bad responses in our bodies. And then food equals satiated equals more energy equals happier. Therefore, you tend to go look for it more. Like, for example, when they say about uh, dopamine, right? Oh, because uh, the sugar will release dopamine in your brain or whatever. It's not that's straightforward dopamine is a reward 
is the reward hormone and not the feel good hormone as itself because your brain is the one making the connection this makes me feel good therefore this you see so if it depends on the connection you make if it's positive or a negative connection in your brain the, an example of a negative connection would be for example like you ate something and you were sick right and then doesn't it take a long time for you to be able to eat that food again because that was connected to a negative uh kind of response in your brain right you say so i think yeah partly, yes it is it is kind of engraved and from our ancestors and everything if food is scarce you need to kind of like bulk up on it uh so you might not have it for in the future but also another part of it is that i think we create these mechanisms in our brain that stay with us for a long time and this is why all these things especially when it comes to food and behavior and you know uh disordered eating should be treated with psychologists and therapists and things like that because it goes way beyond a diet plan or a calorie deficit or something like that it will be more about what's leading you to that yeah and that's a see and this is where it's a it's difficult as coaches as trainers as coaches to like yeah. to to discuss that with a client that's in front of you because we're like I'm not trained in behaviors in disordered eating and psychology. Mm-hmm. I'm not a therapist. I just want to get you jacked and strong. So yeah, and it's a very know. difficult and people people come to us expecting for us to solve all their issues. Yeah. They expect and, and, simple, straightforward, A to B kind of thing. Without them having to put in actual effort, like actual real work themselves to get to a spot that they're comfortable with where they can eat well and they can all that stuff. Right. Like it's, yeah. it's such a, it's so tough. Now, I remember I had a client, um, who, uh, had mentioned to me, uh, she came back from vacation once and, um, said, uh, you know, like she, she still can't figure out this whole nutrition thing because, you know, she went away for a week and she gained all this weight back. Mm. And it's like, what's the point? Like, do I have to be like this forever? Do I have to always count every calorie forever? I'm like, well, it's not that straightforward. It's not as easy as like, you know, like you probably ate more than you probably should have. And that's not good or bad. It's just you were on vacation. You chose to like, and I'm like, you know, but I feel bad because like, I don't know how to handle that. I don't don't know how to like, other than just like sympathize and like, talk to them through it and, and, and be there just to listen to them. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to navigate that because I don't know what they it need is, at that yeah. point. It is because it's very personal and it depends as well. It's the same like we were saying before about food around the holidays. Like I was saying, every food, and especially around the holidays or if you go on vacation or something, you have first a lot of environmental cues where you have seasonal festive foods that might bring you a memory that is is positive, right? So you know that that food makes you feel good, it's comfort food, it's nice, you know, or it's something that your family makes and everything. It, it should be enjoyed, right? But then yeah. is the is the other part of it is the restrictive mindset of like, I'm always on a diet, I'm always cutting, I'm always like restricting myself. So 
fuck it, I'm just gonna let loose and eat as much as I can now because I know that tomorrow or next week or when I come back, I will deal with it. And yeah. this is where it's it's the wrong mindset to to proceed to you know uh go after because what you want to have is an understanding that it's okay to enjoy the foods that you like why do you like them what leads you to them is it an environmental cue is it just because the sweets are out in the office and everybody's having it therefore I'm gonna have one too or is it because this food brings me a memory that I like or is it because I'm stressed right now or you know what is the reason that you're being led towards that and also then deciding to have that food then after that do not think about compensation like how am I gonna pay for this food that I just ate oh my god I indulged or something or I ate one piece of this so now because I know I'm never gonna have this again which is a lie we all know is a lie we have that over and over many times after then I'm I'm just gonna have all that I can right now these are kind of like thoughts that many people come across and even sometimes I hear that going around the gym of like you know I I think I heard this yesterday from a client where uh he finished and one of the coaches said oh you can you can go and have a bagel now and he went uh no I haven't learned it yet and he's just you see it doesn't make sense and this all comes from very simplistic kind of things that we read on the internet which is food is numbers this plus this equals that and it's not always the case it's i'm going to take a step back here and just like paint a picture because i i really feel for a lot of our clients and a lot of people that that try to get into fitness and nutrition Mm. so like you and i enjoy training like we we i i I, i'm speaking for you as well but i imagine you also like find it very um enjoyable it's yes. like you like pushing yourself you like seeing where your limits are you mm-hmm. you understand it you like right you're skillful at, at it and nutrition wise it probably comes a little bit easier to you so like like you enjoy it as well right like you don't really see it as a struggle mm-hmm. but now imagine a, a general population client that hates so, so like they already work so damn hard in the gym doing the hit training they're burning calories they're like they're, they're, they're excruciatingly putting themselves through this terrible thing in their negative in their mind because they have to quote unquote have to. And then they also have to restrict their carbs because they have to because they want to lose weight. So it's a very negative outlook on all of it from fitness and from nutrition from the get go. Right. And we have to be the guys. No, but you should enjoy this, man. Like if you don't enjoy it, don't do it. Yeah. So it's like where 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 do we where can we stand to to benefit as coaches Mm. to make our clients enjoy it again because i can train super hard and lift heavy and eat normal food like pasta and chicken and feel like i'm not restricting myself and develop really good results from that yeah that's because i enjoy that and and it it comes easy to me Mm -hmm. how can we bridge that gap for the general population client that hates all of it they hate completely all of it I think most of all, knowledge is power. Is in in a case of if someone is scared to eat everything or is scared to eat 
one chocolate in the day or scared to eat a plate of pasta or whatever is because they simply don't know how it works in your body. And it's not like this will straight away become that because there are foods that have been demonized this whole time. Um, so the the first step is actually them wanting to learn. If they if they want to change from where they are, right? If they don't like it, they don't enjoy it, whatever, but they give it a go because they want to move away from where they are at that point. And they might hate it, but if they want it bad enough to change from where they are, they will stick to it at the start. And then the more you learn about it, the more you start enjoying it. I guess it's something where you might go into it for one reason, but then you end up staying for another reason, right? So for example, I came into fitness for aesthetics, ended up staying because of everything that it taught me, right? So it taught me to be stronger. It taught me about my limits and everything more resilient and everything like that. You might go in for one reason, but if you stick to it for long enough, then you end up changing your mind. The problem is, like we were saying on the previous podcast, people don't give it enough time to stimulate a change in their mindset and in their body to give it a proper go, you know? It's always jumping on and off, on and off, on and off. Um, so I think this is is the main thing with it. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason why they don't give it a fair chance is because every time they start it's this all or none principle of like, I got to go hard and burn all mm. these calories and mm. burn fat and all that stuff that people say in, in society mm. and end up, you know, burning out, so to speak. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. and burnout is when you're doing something, right? Burnout in, in, in work and or in, in fitness or whatever. You burn out most likely because it's not aligned with who you are as a person and what, and what you value in life, right? Like you're, you're in yeah. misalignment. So like you can work really hard and never feel burnt out yeah. or you can work hard in a job that is is very draining to you emotionally yeah. and you become very burnt out from that. Of course, because you're just spinning your wheels and not really getting anywhere, right? So this is uh, what s some people might experience as soon as they, they come into fitness. Um, and nowadays, it's a big issue with food stuff and and everything because the the food that we have available to us and the information that we have available to us is so wide and you know the the thing that drives us the most now towards food apart from visual cues marketing and things like that is also of course the the core of it is palatability and we have industries spending thousands and thousands of dollars and hundreds of thousands of dollars just to create the perfect product with the perfect texture that has just enough salt and sugar that will keep you coming back for it you see and then mm. price that at, at a price that is perfect perfectly affordable for everyone and then done you have you have something you have a product that people are drawn towards without even thinking about it you know so it's like the the fast food chains and Domino's pizza or something they make something that is affordable that is very palatable cheap to make and readily available and whenever and you're convenient. walking or you're driving past a, a McDonald's you might get 
a, a cue in your head where the sense, even the smell of it, you're like, mm, I, I really want that, you see? Yeah. And this is where you then end up falling into a pattern without even realize, realizing. So I think going back to your question, number one part of it is uh, awareness, right? Is being aware of what's around you and what what is drawing you to things. Yeah. And affordability is a big part of it, you know. I was just saying to this client yesterday as well how uh, he said, oh, we didn't have to worry that much about obesity back then. And I said, have you seen the price of natural whole foods now? Uh, the time that you spend to make it with the amount of money that you take to do like a, a shop of, you know, groceries that are mostly unprocessed. If you take that money and put into processed foods like cookies, cereals and other things like that. Uh, frozen meals or ready meals you might get a lot more for one than you would get for the other right every week I'm buying like fish like salmon things like that prawns which are good and that I enjoy but are also very expensive with the price of that I could be buying a load of junk food which are not as good for me but is a lot cheaper you see so it's it's a huge economical problem as well where not everybody can afford to eat well and so in those times I think we should spend more time and money educating the nation as a whole as to how to make especially in, in times right like now where we're about to go into a recession all the food is going to become more and more expensive we need to tell or educate people on how to actually make their money go longer with buying natural healthier whole foods yeah i like that a lot but here's my i'm gonna play devil's advocate in a sense in a way yeah i'm all for eating like very healthy nutritious foods right like micronutrients get your veggies get your fiber all that i love that mm. but when it comes and, and like and, and this is gonna sound really weird but anytime i i think of like salmon and whole foods and organic i just think of like white privileged people or people that live in like a upper class society that like have money to spend okay that's yeah. why it's, it's very cringe to me mm -hmm. now with with a big population of north america and i'm sure also in europe now yeah. that are like in the overweight obese category i highly doubt that they're lacking salmon and vegetables they probably are what i think they're lacking in is so like if you took uh, like the ready-made meals that are frozen in the freezer section that you microwave, okay? Mm -hmm. If you just took somebody and gave them three meals a day plus maybe like one snack, they would lose a considerable amount of weight oh. and thus their blood markers would be very, very good compared to the, the now, right? right? And so I think it's more, so I, th I feel like it's the behavior around all of the foods that they're eating as snacks. It's like they're constantly feeding themselves. And yeah. that's probably because of a behavioral psychological element that is a, that, that makes them overeat for whatever trauma they had, for whatever stress they have, whatever it is. Maybe just a, not an education. But I, it, it's, it's like when I have a client that tells me, um, oh, it's, it's the muffin that I eat at breakfast mm -hmm. that is why I'm fat. I'm like, no, bitch, you're fat because you don't stop eating from 8 p.m. to the time you go to bed. That's why you're fat. And, and, and that's what I tell her. And she loves that, that I'm like that with her, right? I go, I go, it's not your scone. Your scone that you eat is probably 
probably good for you mentally because it makes you feel, hey, like you having a tea and a scone, do that because I have a croissant and my coffee and I love it. Yeah. But you're fat because you're eating from fucking 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. because you're snacking on this and that. And I don't care if it's healthy food. You're snacking from after dinner till bedtime. That's why you're fucking fat yeah. is what I tell her. And, and by all means, that's what I tell her because uh, like they need to hear that. It's not your scone. It's not your carb. It's not your muffin. Fuck you. It is your yeah. snacking behavior from all because you're stressed or because yeah. you're not fulfilled or whatever the case may be. That's my rant for today. Fuck. <laughs> you know, this is what we're using for the clip, right? <laughs> fuck, fuck all the smart shit. We're using this bit. You know, I'm, I always, every time I see you, I get negative thoughts. I don't know why. It's, it's like that. I, that's what I'm, I'm trying to get from you. Um, no, yeah, 100%. It's not, I hate that people try to single out foods or food groups like carbohydrates or fats or whatever. Or, you know, is that one chocolate that I had on the weekend? No, it's, it's everything as a whole. Like you said, that's, that's absolutely right. It is the behavior. You don't have to have this expensive meat or the expensive salmon or, or everything like that. You just have to do what you can with what you've got. And for that, you just need to know how to pair things together, right? And I think this is what people miss the most because they end up focusing too much on the details. I get, again, zooming in too much into the island and not actually seeing what the bigger picture is, which is, am I having enough fiber? Am I actually getting enough fruit or vegetables? The way that people are even demonizing fruits right now, it's like, yeah, I, I don't eat bananas because bananas are too high on carbs, but then goes and eat a, like drinks a whole bottle of wine. I, I know. I know. Listen, I, I used to have clients that were that were hell bent on keto and they thought keto. And I'm like, bitch, you're not fucking losing weight on keto. So keep doing your keto. I'm not going to listen to this anymore. I, I, and like I become resentful, not resentful. I just I get turned off. I'm like, I'm like, think like you're a smart person. You're a smart individual who owns a successful company or whatever it is. Like use your brain. A yeah. little bit, yeah. you know. I don't know. That's <laughs> fuck. No. This is your fault. This is your fault, Manuela. This is your fault. We're gonna change. We're gonna change this podcast is, name from yeah. "Behind the Barbell" to um to "Rants with Michael." Michael's rants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I put my priorities in. Yeah, I spend the money on on the salmon, or you know, I treat myself to the prawn or to whatever. Uh, the the tuna steak every week and or whatnot, and I actually have uh, one of the coaches once came to me and said, "Well, you must spend quite a lot of money in your shopping." And I went, "I don't really buy takeaway foods or you know buy loads of alcohol, and I guess I don't buy like lots of other luxuries that some people." get that you know it depends on where you put your priorities I'm not saying everyone could afford salmon if they wanted to all I'm saying is if you want one bit of salmon maybe you take a little bit less of another luxury that you would have and put into that so it just it depends seems, on what's a priority for you it seems like it would be completely okay and nobody would say a word to you if you spent all that money on getting your nails, your hair and your makeup and your Botox done every single week, then if you, then you spending money on salmon, you know what I mean? Like it's totally okay for you to get your lips injected every fucking week or whatever. That's fine. But God forbid you buy salmon. 
And then you're not now you're wasting. Oh money. my god, you can afford salmon. Yeah, say, bitch, you're fucking your duck lips and the whole time. Oh my god. Well, I don't know why I'm so angry. I'm not guys, I'm really not angry. I'm actually in a really good mood but today. It's good that I'm chill today. So we can just balance the vibes here. We can balance the vibes. Yeah. You know, another thing that I wanted to touch on in this, this is gonna be hot. A hot topic is the anti-diet movement. Oh, like oh, but like anti-diet slash like love your body. Yeah, I don't know don't if they go started. hand in hand. Do they go hand in hand? The whole I don't know, maybe anti-diet culture, which is I get where it comes from, right? It, but again, I feel like we went to too far one end, and now we're going too far the other end. Okay, the anti-diet movement is basically. There's two sides of it. One side, which I agree, is you shouldn't have food rules or restrictions that go too far. For example, oh, you can't eat carbs or you can't eat this or look at Beyonce's diet that got her in shape in two weeks. Okay, so this this movement, I this part of the movement, I agree with the part of the movement that I don't agree with is when sometimes they are even stimulating people to eat foods that are unhealthy in large quantities to go against that. I'm saying f foods that are quote unquote unhealthy or what I like to say, less nutritious, but also have a value to you emotionally and mentally. Uh, they have a place in your diet, but then like with everything, portion control and your behavior around it is what matters the most and not really oh look at me eating three donuts one mcdonald's and uh, a bar of chocolate in one day because that's what my body wants because i'm healing my body from the diet movement you know i think sometimes we go too far either end yes so i so i can only speak from my own perception of this because i'll tell you exactly what goes through my mind when i eat one donut versus the whole box when i eat one donut with my coffee let's say usually not usually 99.99 percent of the time i'm in a very good headspace i'm in a very good my life is really good i have nothing really like going on that's stressful i'm enjoying this one donut because that's all i need is one donut like, I'm, I'm satisfied with one donut when I eat the whole box, like a dozen of them, most of the time it's because I just want to say fuck off to the world and I want to bury myself in emotion or I want to bury myself in comfort, right? It's, it's, it's that coping strategy. Yeah, cool. So like I know when, when I'm not in a good headspace, I tend to eat my food like I'm a fucking savage. Yeah. Right? Because I want, I want to numb, quote unquote, numb the whatever I'm, I'm dealing with. But to, to kind of go with what you were saying about like, the the anti-diet and the because people like people go on one extreme which is like they 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 uh restrict carbs and all that stuff mm -hmm. the way the, the way i equate this right now is the analogy i'm going to give is you know when so let's say you go to fashion week in milan and mm -hmm. you have this very like fringe type of um fashion that is very like out there and it's very like unique and different and it's not really made for the public yeah. but then somehow it trickles into mainstream stores where like they take that fashion and they bring it into like just mainstream and yeah. it's always kind of cringe because the the society wears it but very incorrectly yeah same thing with diet with like specific nutrition protocols so like keto probably really works keto does work restricting carbs works 
high protein, low protein, whatever, whatever diet really works for an individual. But mm-hmm. anytime a fringe diet goes mainstream, it fucks it completely up because humans, they, it's, it's like the game of telephone. They'll say one thing. Can you hear me? There's a, yeah, yeah, there's an airplane. Um, it's like the game of telephone. They, they, they say one thing and then by the time it gets to the mainstream, it's bastardized. Yeah. And then you see. have the Karens, you have the Chads, you have the, it's like, you know, and then you have people saying, oh, I can't eat carbs. I don't eat carbs. Bitch, you're still fat. So either, either you're not, either you're not, either you're not truthful or you're restricting carbs all week that on the weekends, you're a fucking pig. Yeah, it's so true. I can't say it any any more blatant than that. I love these statements. No, yeah. So like, so, so like, hey, if you want to do like the high fashion Milan and New York Fashion Week type of fringe protocols, do it from an. And if it works, if you're shredded and lean and you're fucking happy and your life is taken off, do it. But because you saw somebody else do that, it may not be for you. And then also, what did you learn after that? Like, you know, if you just go get to where you want to get and then suddenly you go back to exactly how you were eating before, guess what? Now you're going to gain all that back in more because you're hungrier because your body is now asking for more food through sending Mm. signals of hormones saying, feed me more. We're not satiated yet, you know, so and yeah that's a that's a very good point that you made earlier as well about the 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 when you eat a whole like box of or whatever of donuts or chocolates and even furthermore like how the thing that i touch on the most is how does does that make your body feel after you know because one donut it will make you feel good, satiated, and you 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 don't have any digestive problems with that. Life goes on as usual. Suddenly, if you have too much of that, then your stomach is going, "Oh, that's I feel oh, amazing." We after. can't really My heart do is fulfilled. this. If you I eat no, great. if you eat too much, your body's going against it. Your body's like, "Please stop, please stop. This is too much." You yeah. see, you gotta. Then that makes you probably your performance goes down in the gym, you sleep worse and everything like that. So, and this goes to everything, everything. If you have too much of everything, then it's bad for you. Right. So that's always the mindset. It's portion control. If we all followed portion control, even if somebody is eating, they want to lose weight and they're eating whatever they're eating. If they just take whatever they're eating and eat two thirds of it, of exactly exactly what they're eating then guess what they're gonna lose weight without even needing to change anything we go from extreme to extreme and the same goes on holidays because we have all these cues we have time and family we have all these festive foods and pumpkin spice lattes and stuffing and all this shit here's so so sorry go ahead no go i didn't mean to cut you off no, I was just going to say, because we have all that and we only have it for the Christmas period, we think that we need to go all in when you can just have a little bit of each thing. Enjoy Christmas just like just like you would any other holiday or any other time of the year or, and go buy it just fine. Or go into it knowing that, hey, I'm going to eat a little bit more and yeah. I'm going to enjoy it and then I'm going to go back to normal. Like, just don't be fucked up in the mind. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but going back to like the anti-diet culture, uh, while I think it's dumb, I still kind of like it for something. Now, one thing that I can't stand in the industry is when diet people and nutrition people that are fucking always weird, they take, they take like a pancake, for example, protein pancakes, just fucking eat a pancake. You're going to enjoy it better. It won't taste like rubber. And it's the exact same the like, texture. So shit. But or like, like, oh my God, uh, I made uh, avocado pumpkin muffins. It's like, shut the fuck up. Just eat a muffin. Like eat I would rather to enjoy a muffin that is normal with a coffee than having a brick in my mouth. Especially if you tell yourself, which usually happens. My mom does this all the time. And Thank God she doesn't understand English because she would be so mad if I said she knew I said this on the podcast. But basically, she will tell herself, so she'll go to this like fit brownies, these bakeries that make things with no sugar, but then it's full yeah. of sweeteners and fills all that are low carb, but then it's double the calories because it's got a load of fat. And then instead of eating like one of it, she'll eat five of it because it's better. It's no sugar. It's sugar-free or it's got avocado in it. When you actually end up consuming way more calories than you would if you had the real thing in the first place because you just have one of them be like, yes, done, satiated. That was good. The, the, the part that I find most hilarious of all this is that the people that eat all these like protein pancakes and these foods that are like the baked goods that are quote-unquote healthy, I the, the funny part is that they're they try to tell themselves that it actually tastes good and they're like no it tastes really good i I love the taste no man you don't like the taste of it you're just saying it so that you can convince yourself that you like it so you can eat it like or it's just like like the real thing guess what else is like the real thing the real thing the real thing (laughs) so so if i want a so if i want a muffin for breakfast let's say right now so like so if i'm gonna have my breakfast usually i'll have eggs with my breakfast and i can pick a carb source i can pick fruit i can pick toast with jam i can pick a piece of potato i can not a piece like I can, a potato a, a potato for breakfast yum 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 no like hash brown like like cut like fry it up yeah, or or i could have a croissant or can have a muffin to me they're all carb sources yeah i'll just pick one of them i'm not gonna have the I toast have it all. right and so like if i if i treat the muffin like my carb fuel source for my workout yeah i'm fine okay so um today's quote is you can have it all but you can't have it all at once i like that there you go and we'll leave you with that one (laughs) before michael goes on to more and more and more rants and call everyone's this 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 must have been the biggest rant this must be the most aggressive rant i've had and i apologize i'm not mad at anybody so I love everybody, but, but the reason why I get angry or, or I get rantful is because I deal with the same conversation on a weekly, daily basis for the last 10 years, 15 years that I've been right. And, and people still haven't learned from their troubles. It, it's, it's, it's a repeated cycle of nonsense of them demonizing one thing when it's their behavior that's not allowing them to see results. Right. And this is why we're doing this. So we can tell everybody all at once. (laughs) Look how dark it's gotten in your, in your, in your apartment. So it's 4 PM man. it's 4 PM and it's dark. It's dark. Anyways. Yeah. Well, 
Thank you very much. That was really enjoyable. I, I bet everybody enjoyed hearing your rants as well. It was very cathartic. It was, the, it was great. The, we got there in the end. The listeners get less and less every week. <laughs> no, every actually, of- they're growing. They're growing. Thank you for Good. sticking with Good. us and actually uh, telling other people about it. Tell your neighbors. Tell your neighbor's friends and your mom and your dad and your dog and your dog friends. And everyone. Fred. And Fred. All right. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.